Hello, and welcome to Between the Lines. I'm Esther Hatch, and I'm here with Sean and Bessie, Sarah Maiden, and Tracy Hunter Abramson. We're excited to be here today. So this week, it is summer, and I just got back from an amazing trip with my family. We went to London to visit my husband's brother, and he's not going to live there much longer, so we've been planning this for a while, knowing that it was our last chance to get there. But I was there you know, amongst the land of Jane Austen with four little boys. I mean, they're not little anymore. <laughs> and cousins to play with and everybody to entertain. And I didn't actually get to do much of what I would do if I was there on my own or with authors. I didn't get to see a lot of the research stuff. I snuck away a little bit. But um, it made me a little jealous of the times that I've seen you guys in the past go on research trips. And I just think it's such an awesome thing that you know, you talk about the perks of being an author, the hard things, the good things. I think being able to travel as an excuse for your work, <laughs> like yeah. as work, is such an advantage. So today we're going to talk about research trips and what you guys have done and why they can be helpful. So first of all, I just want to ask you guys, what are some of the places that you have gone on these trips and what books were influenced by those trips? So for me, probably one of my favorite places that I've gone was in the Baltic states. Um, that's Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia. But I was on my way. Actually, I was meeting Sarah in Helsinki. And um, yeah, we have all sorts of adventures and having to do with hills <laughs> and the wrong ones we went up and everything. But, um, but it was like in the Baltic states, it's an area that, that Americans don't travel to a lot. And um it's really cool to see like the difference of architecture and everything as you go from this is what happened, you know, in really old times. This is what was built during Soviet rule. And this is what's happened since free enterprise and capitalism has, has been in those countries. So that's really has been fun. But I was actually trying to write uh, my book Royal Heirs at the time I was on that trip. And I got by the time I hit Estonia, I'm like, put it aside. And I had, I started writing on the run because I'm like, I'm in all these cool places and stuff. And so sure enough on the run actually follows a lot of my path through those areas. So it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that you've been to some of the unusual places. I visited some specific locations, particularly in the UK for research before. Um, a lot of times because I'm from the UK, I'll be there for a family trip and I'll just take a detour to to go and do something that I know um, will help me with my writing. Um, two, two examples are um, from my book, One Last Spring. Um, it talks about, uh, well, it features the flooding of um, one of the valleys in Wales and they built a dam there called the Vernwy Dam. And even though I'd lived in Wales all of my growing up, I'd never actually been to the Vernwy Dam. And so, we took a trip there on one of our last visits. Um, and then within the Dark Hills is about mining. And even though I have miners in, in my ancestry, um, I didn't live in a part of Wales where the coal mines were. And so when I went to visit South Wales, I um, forced my daughter to go down the mine with me because there is, there is actually, um, it, I think it might be the only... Um, working mine museum uh, in the world and it's in Wales where you can actually go down into the ground wow. and experience it the way that the that the miners did 
Um, and then every once in a while, I'll go on a trip that I don't anticipate will end up being for research. And it's just so neat that I'll just look around and think, I have to set a book here. Um, and that actually happened when we did a Mediterranean cruise. It wasn't part of my plan, but um, the gem thief, like Tracy said, just followed our trip. <laughs> yeah, I... Um... That trip that I took with Tracy um, to Helsinki, I didn't go there with any specific story in mind, but just being surrounded by a new place and, and having the brain of a writer, you think of so many story ideas that I left there thinking, I need to set something here eventually. I don't know what that story is going to be yet, but mm -hmm. it's something mm -hmm. I've thought of many times. Um, my book, Ashes on the Moor, takes place in the 19th century in the West Riding of Yorkshire. Um, during the rise of textile mills in that specific area of the country, I had a chance to travel there, which was really great. I got to go through a museum that is a 19th century woolen mill with the original equipment and machinery, and you can see how it worked. And that was really, really neat. I've been to Ireland almost more times than I can count, <laughs> which I love. And that obviously influenced any and all of my books that uh, include Irish characters, Irish immigrants, though I haven't set a full-length novel specifically in Ireland before, which I realized <laughs> only recently and you thought, wait, to. why not? But because Ireland was part of the UK during the Georgian uh, Regency and Victorian eras when I write most of my books, it actually has been a good place to do research even for my books set in England because a lot of the architecture was the same and there's, mm -hmm. you can still see the cultural influence. So that's been great. Um, toward the end of last year, I got to go on a trip with my husband to Portland, Oregon and Astoria, Oregon and the Oregon coast. Um, and that was specifically for research for a big top secret project I can't even <laughs> tell anyone about. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, what, what, what? what? Right. <laughs> Very much uh, straying from what I usually write. But that was really fun because it was a trip entirely planned around very specific research. And that was really, really fun. I think we need to interrogate Sarah later. I know, seriously. <laughs> None of us know like, about this project. Yeah, not, not even any of these ladies do. <laughs> Tracy has a unique set of skills. I think <laughs> <laughs> we might be able to use so for that. So I actually may know more than Sarah thinks I know, but I can't, you know, if I tell you, she might make me kill somebody. And <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we just can't go there. We don't actually do that, just in books. Just in That's books. right. I'm only allowed to kill people in books. Got it. Yes. So um, it's so fun hearing like these little snippets of how you have researched and or gone vice versa, not necessarily gone to research, but research came on accident. <laughs> but so what are what's something unique about researching that way versus just hopping on the computer or reading a book like a lot of us have to do in research? Well, I think for me, it's you, you just get to experience a place in a completely different way and you're able to utilize all of your senses. You know, if, you, if you're looking something up online, you can see what it looks like, uh, particularly if you're on Google Earth or, you know, you have a lot of really great images, but you might not know what it smells like or what the food tastes like or, or even what it sounds like. So, so being able to use descriptive writing that uses all the senses, that's so much easier when you've actually been there. Um, talking to the locals so that if you set a book where one of your characters is actually from that place, 
they're not going to approach it the way a tourist would, the way that, you know, the way that you would if you're just looking something up in a guidebook. Um, and so I think, I think it's those little details that you would never know unless you were there. Um, as I mentioned, um, I went down the coal mine when I was writing a book about coal mining and there was a lot that I learned from that experience and a lot of it came back to those senses of what it actually felt like to be down in the belly of the earth and um, kind of even the fear factor that comes in that. But one thing that I learned that I never would have known otherwise, um, it rains a lot in Wales. Okay, most people do know that. But <laughs> the rain has to go somewhere. And when you're digging tunnels in the ground, the rain will seep through the earth and then the ground's gone because you've built a tunnel. And so it literally, water is running down the sides of those coal mine tunnels. And the, the other interesting thing is the water runs orange. And it's because nine times out of 10, when you find coal, there is also iron ore. And so as the water goes through the earth, it's picking up the iron ore and the water runs orange. And so that's something I never would have known if I had not gone into the mine. That's so interesting. Wow. For me, I had a kind of a unique experience, like Sean was saying, in talking with local people when I was in Yorkshire doing research for my book that was set there. And it wasn't just, you know, how they view their area and the things that are familiar to someone who lives there. But it was literally listening to them talk because I was not at all familiar with the Yorkshire accent. If our listeners aren't, I <laughs> encourage you to go on YouTube and just, I don't know, look for it's not some the BBC of the Yorkshire English. accent. Let's just say that it's not the BBC English. <laughs> and I had so much trouble understanding people there when I would talk with them, even though we were all speaking English, that I actually went back and reworked that book because my main character also arrives in Yorkshire, never having heard a Yorkshire accent. And I realized she needed to have way more trouble understanding people <laughs> because I, and I never would have known without yeah. being there listening to it, how much it takes to adapt your ear to an accent that's that different than what you're used to. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, an, an important insight I wouldn't have gotten without actually being there. And for me, I'm, I'm a people watcher. It's I love watching just how people interact with their environment. Um, like Sean said, the smells and the sounds, um, how, you know, how the locals interact. So I think that's um, probably the, the most unique thing that I take away is just, you know, I, I always try to travel so that I look like a local. And so it's fun. And I tend to steer clear of a lot of the touristy spots. So it's fun to just see how people are when they don't know who you are. So, yeah, I love hearing these stories like and it makes me very jealous because I'm sitting here going like it's okay it's okay that I haven't done this yet and then I hear about water running orange in a mine and I'm like yeah I'm not gonna get off I'm not gonna get that I'm not gonna get that otherwise but so I would love to hear just like a few other little snippety things of what something that you put in a book that came directly because you saw it or heard it while you were in a on location we'll call it 
on one of my trips to Ireland, I got to go up into the north of Ireland to a place known as Giant's Causeway. It's this amazing uh, like rock formation on one of the coasts in the north of Ireland. And it was so interesting and so unique that I ended up putting that in a book. An Irish immigrant to the United States talks about that place because he had been there. And I had to put it in because it was just so interesting. So that's one that came specifically from seeing something while I was out traveling. So one of the things for me was actually in Paris, how do you open the train doors? Because, you know, I live in DC area. And so you go to the Metro and the doors just open up and in Paris, mm-hmm. they don't, you have to, um, you actually, there's a little latch you have to push up. And, and if you push it up right as the door is stopping, then it won't work. You have to like wait and then let it go and start. So it was like watching t- other tourists struggle with that. Like that's gone into a couple of books <laughs> now. I'm like, because a lot of people like, especially like in Salt Lake, you know, you, you, you some of the, like, was it the tracks or front runner you? You push a button and mm-hmm. uh, to open the door. So, but it's a button, and, and that's how it is in Austria. Um, or may, I take it back. I know it was in Switzerland at least. And so, you, some people kind of know some of those tidbits, but knowing which trains are going to do what, and that they still have those old trains in Paris, right. and they're not all handicap accessible. That's another thing that a lot of people might not realize mm-hmm. that you know you're not going to find elevators everywhere, and just what they smell like. And so, anyway, a lot of that has gone into books. Probably more than one book to be honest. So I keep reusing stuff. Yeah, as you should. It's, it's true. It's those things that you pick up on. And, and when you're writing a book, it makes a big difference if you're writing a book where the character is from that place, or if the character is visiting that place. And um, so I have visited London many times. And it's fun for me to view it through both of those different eyes. Um, and so sometimes when I wrote um, um, a book set in London, I remember thinking people who my characters had come back to London for a visit. And I remember thinking they would want to go to the same restaurants that I want to go to when I go back to London because right. they're the fun ones. And so I put them in. And, uh, and like Tracy said, with, with her Paris uh, train experience you go into the tube in London and you know the mechanical voice mind the gap mind the gap it's those little things that you can add authenticity to your books because you pick them up that way yeah well I must say now I'm already thinking through all the places I want to go <laughs> <laughs> but also it's not totally accessible for everyone and especially if you're starting out new as an author um so I just want to say, like, I've written a few books without this, but you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys haven't been to every location you've said about, or maybe you have, I don't know. <laughs> but so what are what are the tools that we use when we can't actually go? Yeah, I will say, um, Esther, I had been writing actively and has been published for quite a while, um, probably 10 years before I first got to travel to do research. So yeah. like you said, it's, it is doable. It takes a little creativity, but it, it definitely can be done. To this day, I have still never been to London and probably a third of my books are set there. So it can be done, but yeah. it is harder. I think I would echo um, something that Sean and Tracy have both covered, but I think one of the greatest things you can do is talk to people 
um, people who live in a location and people who don't live there but have visited there because what they notice will be different. And depending on your character's circumstances, that will reflect um, what your characters notice too. So I think just talking to people makes a really big difference. That's really true. And I am a huge fan of Google. <laughs> I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> um, every time I'm in the middle of a manuscript and I suddenly need to look something up, and I'm Googling it, in the back of my mind, I think, if I had been born a few decades earlier, I would be at the li library looking through the card catalog. And I just want to say a huge thank you to Google. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, might yeah. be my next book dedication. <laughs> yeah, Google. That would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think in addition to just like Google and stuff like that, you can find, of course, this is where you find them is um, a lot of virtual tours. They, especially during COVID, a lot of the, um, like the landmarks and stuff like that started doing these virtual tours, but you can also find some of them on some of the travel sites and on YouTube, people will put up their vacation videos and just leave them public and you can go and find out. But one of the fun things is people will mention what they found unique. And so it's telling you what is different. Like it smelled really weird or, you know, some of those things can just be brought into that. And I was the same way. I probably was about at least 10, 15 years before I really started traveling for, for research. So, and I've written many scenes in places that I've never been and people are like, Oh, I didn't know you'd been there. I'm like, I should, probably shouldn't admit that I haven't been. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely doable. However, I would like to know from our listeners where you would go if you could go on a research trip or just wanted to visit a place from your favorite book or something like that. Um, it doesn't have to be research. It can just be fun. <laughs> so, and I think it's both for, for those that do it. Um, we've loved chatting with you. Thanks for being here. Join us next time on Between the Lines.